Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Yaisa, Ranro, and Umid to discuss the topic of digital optimization. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So before we get into it, let's work our way around the room with some quick introductions. Yaisa, do you want to start things off? Sure. Hello, my name is Yaisa Peraza. I work in Novo Nordisk as an enterprise data architect. Nice. Umid? Hi, uh, my name is Umid, and um, I'm representing Aresum. Um, it's a small consultancy house that helps companies to realize value of the data assets they have. Nice. Um, Ramro? Hello, my name is Ramro. Uh, I'm a director of enterprise architecture at AP Mullermersk in, Com- in Copenhagen. Perfect. Brilliant. So now that we've established a context to everyone, Let's move on to our topic in focus. So you all have a question or statements around digital optimization. So as usual, I'll work around the room with each of these questions and allow you to elaborate a little bit. And then each of you will then have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So first of all, Franro, you thought it would be a good idea to maybe first of all discuss what we actually mean by digital optimization. So what do you take this concept as? Yeah, for me, I'm not used to that concept. The, uh, digital optimization. So that's why I, I wanted to make sure that we all talk about the same topic. But then uh, when I give it a bit of thought, uh, for me, uh, digital optimization is when you when you look at your uh, digital landscape of systems and processes, trying to optimize. So the, looking at uh, are there certain components that you can reuse um, for sake of efficiency, but also for sake of interoperability, make sure that the different components can speak with each other when they need to speak with each other. Um, and so if, if it's about efficiency first and interoperability second as a third element for digital optimization that I see very important is also um, the, the, the speed to market. How easy is it to deliver new features or uh, change in your landscape there where there is a need for change. Yeah, great. And do we agree, Yasa Umid? Anything else to add? I I was checking uh, the Gartner uh, dictionary. What do they say about this? And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it for you. They say it's about um, optimizing digital processes. Mm-hmm. To me, this shows that once again dictionaries are not catching up with reality. Mm. I think I want to believe that digital optimization is more about what Fran just explained than about optimizing processes. That's process optimization. Whether the processes are digital or not is kind of circumstantial. What do you think, Omid? No. If I may add. Um... So if we take into consideration that companies are investing into digital transformation, into digital um, 
journeys um, with the thought that there should be a sustainable growth, there should be created customer value, there should be innovation. So for me, the digital optimization is everything that you need to do in order to optimize that investment. So it can be both processes, it can be tools, it could be techniques, it could be the way you change your business model. However, uh, so that's why I'm taking the investment into uh, into your company as the defining factor and then connecting the optimization to, to the investment. So the logic for me is digital optimization is everything that you do in order to optimize the value of your digital investment. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so Fran, Fran Rowe, you've also asked then um, what the panel thinks about balancing the need for digital innova- innovation versus the need for digital optimization. So do you want to elaborate a little bit more for us? Uh, yes. So when you actually, I like very much what Umit just said about uh, optimizing your invest digital investments. Um, I, I like that very much because if you look at uh, what I see in my experience, there is sometimes a bit of a tension between um, innovation, exploring new technologies, doing proof of concepts, uh, trying out small bits and pieces. And on the other hand, you want to optimize, make sure that things are the investments are as efficient as possible, create the biggest value. And you don't know that always when you start exploring or experimenting. So that's why uh, I, I had that question for, for this panel today, uh, how, how to see that tension between, on one hand, you want to optimize, on the other hand, you want to uh, allow for innovation, new ideas, exploration, um, and so on. And I think it's indeed very much a matter of finding the balance between both. Yes, if you want to survive, you you need to innovate. You you need to be alert for what's happening in in in, in the world and in the new te- uh, new technologies and so. So on one hand, you want to accommodate and facilitate uh, a bit of exploration and and um, innovation. On the other hand, you want to ma- make sure that things uh, ends up to be efficient, um, interoperable with each other. But the way how, how I like to, to tackle that that challenge is by, um, by, by making very clear when you are exploring and experimenting, it has to be clear for everyone, okay, you are in an exploration or experimentation phase. Once you have some learnings, make sure, of course, make sure that, that you learn from it. Uh, whether it's a positive or a negative experience. But if it's a positive experience and you say, okay, we want to go further with that, at that moment, you can go into a more production uh, process where you make sure that things are um, uh, complying to some standards, make sure that it's secure, make sure that it is optimized for a bigger scale investment. So making that distinction between, are we still in exploration? Then everyone knows, okay, it can go well, it can go wrong. But it's not yet for the full rollout uh, on a big scale. And once, if it's successful and you move to uh, a success and you want to roll out, at that moment, everyone knows, okay, now we go into exploitation opposed, as, opposed, as opposed to exploration. And uh, at that moment, uh, we can emphasize a little bit more the optimization part of this investment. It, it Umit, yes. Yeah, or, yeah. Okay. Umit, what do you think? Uh, well... I, I agree, um, but I also think that it's very important to define what is the driving 
uh, force in any uh, organization. So because because the innovation and um, optimization is not a goal in itself. So basically, if the final goal is to create value for the customer um, and you are creating a value through service or through a product or through a specific thing that would make a customer happy, then that product or service needs to be the driving factor for defining whether there needs to be optimization or innovation or whatever. Right. So the idea is that it can be that this product or service that you are um, creating value with um, needs to be the and the main factor to decide what needs to be done right now. It can be both innovation, optimization, and, and everything else, or it can be okay. We we scratch everything, we remove everything and start new. Or as you mentioned, uh, uh, Faro, in terms of creating a balance and saying, okay, we need to be doing 80% of optimization and 20% of innovation or or 80% innovation and 20% optimization. It all depends on what is it that we are trying to create value with. And it also depends at the, the point in time that the company finds itself, right? If you can only optimize what's already up and running and under control, so a process that is well managed. Innovation requires either that you don't have anything or that you have what you need and have the surplus for something new. I'm thinking the way you were speaking earlier, Fran Ro, it made me think of the oil and gas industry. You said exploration and production. That's a, a classic. You can be producing your oil, but you still want to invest some money in exploration. And you know it's a risk, but no, it's, you're not going there blindly. So th there is a feeling of where the, there is room for innovation. It's really a, a matter of estimating where are we as a company? Do we have the maturity to look at innovation or are we still in the need to regularize our processes and optimize? Mm. Yeah, you can eventually achieve both in parallel, but that requires experience and surplus. Yeah, I, I, if I can add to that, exploration can also happen sometimes organically yeah? in, a, in a certain pocket where uh, there is a group of people uh, who find themselves and uh, with a similar interest into a, a new technology. And that there is some momentum amongst those people. Yeah, let's explore and, and see what, what value we can create with that new technology or a new ID. And it's not always, at that point in time, it's not always uh, very structured. So you don't have the right processes and governance in place at that moment. So it's difficult to then uh, immediately go and, and, and or kill. What I think we should not do then at such moments is killing the, the, the good momentum and imposing immediately all the optimization um, uh, principles or, or trying to, to kill the momentum by, by optimizing too far. Um, but it's, uh, it's, uh, I think it's a permanent being continuously aware of, of what's happening and being conscious, okay, we are in an exploration phase and make that switch to exploitation, uh, you know, well, in a very thoughtful way and, and realizing, okay, now we switch gear and we, we, we look at optimization as well. I think um, um, if you are talking about the how organizations need to build the work around finding the new ideas while uh, running full speed ahead, then I am completely on your in your camp that there needs to be a, a room 
for for people to come up with ideas to try something to build something that would not necessarily be um, uh, tested through you know just to be able to see to prove the concept to be able to sh- to see something that that um, that is not on the surface yet right and then try to you know move it to the next level and say okay we're building a product out of that or we're trying to uh, to commercialize that uh, because you know many organizations as far as i have seen uh, have been struggling with um, saying that okay do we how much do we like how do we organize this do we need to spend money on the labs do we need to create uh, you know to run uh, a um, hackathon once in a while or like and and then the, the the answer was always okay what is it that is your driving force and then it comes back to what is it that you want to do with your organization are you trying to change your business model are you on that journey or are you there where you are creating value at the level where you can keep up still? There is still room for, you know, for optimization because, you know, it's all about creating the value at the end of the day, right? So if you are if you are not creating value, then you can um, optimize things until you die. <laughs> and then and then basically there is no, uh, yeah, there is no value at So it will not help. And, and that's where people need to kind of decide whether they need to spend more time on innovating because they need to find something that would be taking them to the next level. I'm listening you speak and I wonder, is it even reasonable to embark on innovation without having optimized your IT landscape? Are you doing innovation or are you doing what is already there and you didn't know? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I think the, I think the what we need to be very careful about when we're talking about optimizing IT landscape is that the optimization should not happen as a one-off thing, right? It needs to be happening all the time. So let me give you an example. Many organizations grow through mergers and acquisitions. That's a classical example. What happens is that because at the time of merger or acquisition, people need to get value right away, they try to save on stuff that is not necessarily um, creating or destroying value in the short term, right? And that's optimizing the landscape. And then like many, many, many years after, they figure out that there are the landscape became, um, sorry for my French, spaghetti, which is a very, very uh, big problem for many organizations. But, and all of a sudden, people start to think, hmm, I don't have that many millions to start buying or combining all those ERP systems in my in my organization. Uh, or all of a sudden, I don't have one CRM system that would allow me to identify what my customers are needing, right? So that's why I think the optimization needs to be happening at every every single day. This is the this is uh, what do you call it? the license to survive basically continuous improvement. Yeah, you should have apologized for your Italian, not your French. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would. I was yeah. thinking that too. But th- this does lead us nicely into your question, Nyssa, about well, can a company succeed in digital optimization without optimizing its IT landscape? 
Do you have more that you want to elaborate on that? Well, when I asked the question, I I gave my answer already. Mm. Um, and my answer is, I don't think it can be achieved in, in the long term. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I think there is a component to digital optimization that goes beyond um, the investment, the business value that the company is generating. I, I look at sustainability uh, in the long term. For example, yesterday I was reading in the news that there is a new um, data center uh, going to be opened in Spain for uh, Meta, the Facebook company. And this is going to consume, I don't know if it was more than 4,000 million liters of water a year. I don't know if you're aware, but in Spain, we have a serious problem when it comes to water. So it sounds like, uh, why are we doing this to ourselves? And this is, to me, this links into the digital optimization um, context. We should be doing this, not only because it's bringing value to the business, but also because it's bringing value to us uh, in the long run for the sustainability, etc. Yeah. So it's a win-win. But that I think that takes us to my second question. How can this be achieved um, in a way that makes sense to the business? Because I don't think any business in particular is looking at the problems that the, the people have uh, with water in Spain today, unless there is some value for, for them into this. This is it becomes a philosophical discussion, a moral discussion. So how, how can we turn that into a business value driven discussion? How, how can long term digital optimization become sexy? Ramro, what are your thoughts? I'm I'm uh, trying to wrap my mind around your your example, Yaisa, from um, from Meta in Spain. Is is do you see the the digital transformation? So is 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 this a case of Meta transforming the, the Spain then? And 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 you are wondering whether the water <laughs> is 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 something that they overlooked because they are not optimized. Oh. No, what I think the example illustrates is that we need bigger data centers because there is a lot of data out there. So how can we optimize oh, yeah. the data that we manage? How can we optimize our digital landscape so that we make the most of the storage, we make the most of, of what we have? That's that's That goes back yeah. to optimization by principle, yeah? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Use our resources so, wisely. Yes, um, but um, if we then link it back to your question about digital transformation, can we yes. can we uh, do digital transformation without digital optimization? I think indeed we can make our lives, we can choose to make our lives very difficult or very easy to do the digital transformation. So for instance, uh, if, if you have a big, uh, a big multinational company and you have, are active in multiple countries and you have different systems doing more or less the same in each country, if you then want to do a digital transformation, if you want to uh, automate certain processes or make them more customer-centric or more self-service, it's so much harder to do it and to roll out a new feature if you have to roll it out in 50 countries across 15 different systems, or if you've optimized it first, have unified one or a few a handful systems across these 50 countries. And if you then want to um, uh, roll out that new feature, it's so much easier if you have optimized first. So actually, for me, the question becomes, can we optimize in order to be in a better place for transformation, being more agile, being more efficient, being more interoperable, just to enable the transformation? So can you do it without? Uh, no doubt, probably yes, but but... Uh, it will just be much more harder or or but also much much faster right because because this coordination of efforts requires that people agree to to align this takes time and i think this is why uh, transformations are happening kind of in all directions if we look at this general digital transformation that we are undergoing in the world it reminds to the industrial revolution that we had two centuries ago 
and we're not learning the lessons from there. We're, it's just first now that we are op optimizing the resources from the, the industrial revolution. Why don't we do this already now, since we know it will hit us at some point? Because it takes time and people are in a hurry, right? Um, <laughs> yes, I have. I I'm, I just wanted to, to be a bit uh, uh, meticulous about about the example. And I, I wanted to ask, so will it be a fresh water that will be used to cool down those uh, data centers? Or what? why is it so big? Because there were examples, uh, for example, from Microsoft, where they tried to kind of use the, the seawater. They, they placed the data center under the water to to be able to save on, uh, yeah, to be more sustainable, right? So is it the same case or? It's in the mainland. And actually what they're looking into is using um, wastewater, okay. which is a bit disgusting, but <laughs> that, that's what they, one of the options that's been discussed. I mean, they would probably have to go for something like that with the way that Spain is at the moment anyway, with the lack of water. They wouldn't have enough fresh water to to cope. No, Umid, yeah. did you have something else? Yeah, I was actually trying to uh, you know to uh, to elaborate on that and say um, imagine what how much water would probably be spent on cooling down not not wastewater but actually cooling down everything else that is there in Spain right now. So perhaps. There has been some calculations in terms of like whether it's a saving or of the of the fresh water. I don't know, but probably there is some kind of business case. I'm not I'm not familiar with this example, but my point is going back to the idea of what is it that we are really like? What is the the driving force there? So if we imagine that there is this um, y and x axis, right on the x. You have the revenue and on the Y, you have the change of the business model, depending on where do you want. And if you imagine that, uh, you know, you are spending money, your investment into optimizing based on these two parameters. So in reality, you can actually find a balance where you would be, if you are closer to the X axis, you will be basically creating new revenue streams. You'll be optimizing your workplaces, uh, automating uh, different processes, etc., and closer to the Y axis, you'll be optimizing your assets, you're, you'll be rationalizing operations and maintenance, etc. So, and the, uh, the maximizing of this value would be where your revenue and the business model change is maximum. And that's where the disruption happens, right? So that's why I'm, what I'm trying to say again is basically, it all depends what is it that you're trying to achieve in the end of the day. And depending on that goal, you can actually run everything in parallel. So you can be doing optimization of assets, you can be doing new revenue stream creation, you can be <coughs> create or um, rationalizing your operations, whatever. However, it depends on what is it your main goal and what is your current tactical um, uh, initiative. So if we assume that every organization at the end of the day would want to do the disruption, um, then basically you can assume that they are using these two parameters to uh, to create value. Yeah, yeah to I, I would say. Define the balance. 
Yeah, so was there something else you wanted to add to, to your topic? I'm I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I, you, you, you both say very interesting things and I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> thinking is a good thing. means you're learning something. Have to figure out a question somehow. Um, but if well, we can move on to your question, Umid, um, and what you'd like to discuss, um, which is a bit about how organisations deal with the basics. So going back to basics, can you explain a little bit? Yeah. Um, so... <clears throat> and that was related to uh, some of the stuff that Franro said and from, from what Yaisa said. The basics is um, what I have seen in many organizations is that um, people were trying to save on basic stuff like IT landscape optimization or uh, spending uh, time and money on organizing the master data, uh, creating governance policies for data or for other things. Um, and I have seen organizations that have been actually paying attention to it and and um, they were more um, ready to do the innovation and optimization. So I wanted to to hear the panel. Um, what do they think about, um, about these basics? And how is it, maybe my hypothesis or maybe my idea is wrong. Uh, so just wanted to hear some. Uh, opinion about that. Hi, sir. Are you thinking again? I I am thinking, but I, <laughs> I what am I thinking of? Uh, I am thinking that the basics are very important for both optimizing and innovating, and they are sometimes disregarded. They're a bit boring, but it's indeed fundamental. And I think we need to be a bit more serious. We, we as as IT professionals, we need to be more serious uh, on bringing the attention back to this. You mentioned master data, you mentioned um, governance, you mentioned all of this is there, mm -hmm. but it's not being enforced. I think it is our responsibility to involve business owners more in putting these basics in place. It's not an IT exercise. Mm -hmm. Only then we can succeed in digital transformation, optimization, innovation. Yeah. Ranra, what are your thoughts? Um, I think the, the basics needs to obviously needs to be in place, but you can do that in, in different ways. And um, actually, I think a lot is about lowering the barrier to do the things right and to do the things in an optimized way. So um, um, uh, making actually the, the, the right way or the optimized way the, the part of the least resistance. So uh, if we want to um, optimize uh, in order to, well, for instance, you want to be in a, in a, in a better way if the, the driving force that Amit, Amit has said already a few times, is if the driving force is we want to become more agile and, and faster with, with in speed to market of new features. Uh, in that case, we need to make sure that, that our engineers and software developers have access to the data in a way that they can easily explore and do something with the data. If it is scattered around in, in 100 uh, different repositories and none of the repositories is, is actually uh, providing the data in, a, in an easy way to consume, yeah, then you slow down and you don't achieve your, your, your goal or your driving force to uh, increase speed to market. So uh, I think, uh, yes, the basics need to be in place, obviously, but try to em 
yeah, yeah, as I mentioned, it's not enforced, uh, but it's also about making it easy to um, to do the right thing and to to, for instance, to to expose or to make your data available in a way that everyone can easily uh, consume on an uh, event streaming platform or in a central database with uh, with with some APIs or so. I have to say I agree to most of what you said, but the the, the making the data available. I think the way forward to that is not centralizing, but even going back to what you said, scattering it, but consciously and, and scattering the governance as well. To me, it's not really lowering the, the barrier, it's more reducing the size of what needs to be governed, managed. If, if you are asking you, your business, you need to govern master data for customers, good luck. But if you are saying you need to govern the master data for the, your product is consuming, then it's easier. Also because they have an interest, because they are consuming that data from that product. Um, it leads me to the next question, um, which was very related to what Brown was saying in terms of how to get these basics um, in place when the, when everyone is trying to be so agile and every big company is trying to become safe driven and uh, you know scaling the agile initiatives and etc. And then I will give my own thought about that. Later? Oh. <laughs> That's maybe agile in itself, because for me, agi agi a key concept in agility is collecting feedback and then adjusting based on the feedback. And if you have shorter feedback loops, you see what is the impact of the change you are doing, and then you adjust. And that is, for me, one of the, 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 the big benefits and key concepts of agility. So how to do digital optimization uh, in combination with agility is, I think, yeah, you, you cannot stay aside and do it in a non-agile way if the rest of the organization uh, is, is, is becoming more agile. So you need to to. to do also your optimization in a more agile way by uh, measuring the things that matter for your optimization, uh, measuring them, seeing how they evolve and, and course correct as soon as, as you can. And you, if you see that things are not moving in the right uh, direction. So you, you have to do it as well in an agile way. You need to measure how you make progress. And then um, when I, I, I hear your question, uh, Udit, I was also thinking um, it's about finding the sweet spot of where a lot of change is happening anyway, because there there is a momentum for some reason in the driving forces again, eh, for some reason in that area of your business or that area of your tech landscape, there is some, a lot of change happening. Um, and then there is, for me, an opportunity to jump on that uh, that momentum that happens and use it to try to do, to make that that change happening in the right way, in an optimized way, or make your your landscape, your your systems, your processes more optimized exactly there where there is most change happening. Not only because there is already a lot of change happening, but also because that's the, the, those are the areas where you will have the biggest benefit of having an optimized landscape. Because if it's optimized for change, then you will be able, able to even increase the pace of change and and um, yeah, maybe the innovation, whatever is the driving force in, in that landscape. So find the sweet spots because there a lot of change is happening already. And also for the future, you, you, you might have the biggest benefit in those areas to have an uh, optimized uh, IT or, or digital landscape. And how will you measure the progress you're making? It depends what you want to optimize. So if you, if you 
So in my uh, in in my scenario that I mentioned earlier, uh, and and it seems you had another scenario in mind, Isa, you were more thinking about uh, scattering the master data. I was thinking about centralizing the master data more. Uh, more to make the, the accessibility improved accessibility so then you could measure how much teams or products or yeah whatever you want to measure but let's say how many teams outside your own team is actually accessing your data and make use of it so then you democratize your data maybe in your b- business case uh, it's more about um, uh, segregating data and only a product one product team has uh, their data available and then it's maybe not the most relevant metric but in my in my scenario that could be a, a metric how many how, how often how much of your data is being accessed by other teams i think it will be the same uh, the way that you put the the data out there doesn't mean the consumption is limited to this I, I, in in this vision products are interoperable so it, regardless of whether the, the governance is centralized or 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 decentralized federated you you will still i think measure success based on on how many people are are accessing your data but i don't know if that is the success of digital optimization or the success of making data uh, manageable and available yeah, it depends what do you want to optimize so if it isn't data access uh, data democratization could be one of the things you want to achieve mm. with digital optimization but it could be other things as well it could be the the water consumption in the middle of spain <laughs> for your data center that you try to optimize and then of course you have a total different metric I think uh, coming back to uh, going back to the to the driving force that would be the main uh, um, factor that would define what is the speed of uh, creating new products. Uh, what could be your um, how how fast are you getting access to data? Um, uh, how many um, tokens are you using to uh, uh, to pass through specific analysis? Um, it's all about optimizing, right? So. I think um, I'm glad for for the answers because um, they are showing towards the main uh, finding that I have seen uh, so far. And the finding is that um, oftentimes when we talk about optimization and about innovation, people think about technology. And this discussion shows that at the end of the day, we haven't touched even once the technology. We were talking about governance because like in the example of what Yaisa was talking about, right? No matter how you organize it, it's all about what kind of handshakes have you introduced? Uh, what is it that you have um, in your organization agreed upon to be able to use this data? Um, there has been this new concept, well, not new, but you know, relatively new concept of data mesh recently that people were talking about where basically um, how can we democratize data in the real life and uh, the discussion there was always how do you organize the governance around your your data set the data assets it's technology wise technology is there it's it can be done with with every technology that you have in this world right now you don't need to create something new the idea was how like what are the agreements that needs to be made uh who needs to be responsible for what and uh how technology will need to support that but technology is kind of at the very end of this discussion and that's why i was actually trying to to hear um 
you know, w- what is the basics? I mean, how people are relating to basics these days. And it appears that hopefully there is a, uh, there, there is a development towards supporting the basics as it becomes more and more um, um, important, right? Uh, so technology is not taking uh, the, the role of the, of the basics, hopefully. And I'm going to open the floor now if anyone has any other questions or things they'd like to discuss before we finish up. No? All good. Great. So we will leave it there for today. I just want to take this opportunity to thank each of you, Yaisa, Umid and Fran Rowe, for providing some great insights into our topic today. So hopefully everyone can take something away from our discussion, including our listeners. So thank you all for listening. And if you'd like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. I hope you've enjoyed listening. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. See you next time.